past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Welcome to The Career Confidant, and we're happy to have you here today and to welcome our guest expert, and this is one of my favorite guests. Uh, he was my master professor for my master's degree, and Dr. Rich Feller, professor emeritus of the Counseling and Career Development at Colorado State University, and also a distinguished teaching scholar. So many of you I know who are my colleagues have tuned in to him before and, and heard him speak at the Career Thought Leaders Conferences, and you know the great information he has to share. So, Rich, we're so happy to have you here with us today. Marie, thank you for this wonderful opportunity, and thanks for all the work you're doing with Career Thought Leaders. Yes. So today we're going to be talking specifically about ageless aging, and I know that with the change in our demographics and the aging of the baby boomers, this is becoming a hot topic. Tell us a little bit about the spirit of ageless aging. Yeah, well, I think um, as someone who's now 66 and going through uh, leaving university to take a lot more risk, I think I really come to grips with the idea that I don't want my identity to be tied to my age. And I think so many people are struggling with that word retired that it's really a question of if you didn't know how old you were chronologically, how old are you? And asking that at many conferences, people are quite surprised when they're confronted with, well, how old do I feel? How old do I think I am relative to my identity versus my chronological age? Yeah, yeah, very interesting. That we all don't feel necessarily our our chronological age. Yeah, I think we've got to change some of those tired norms of what it means to be 70 or 17 I often say that I, I know a lot of 17-year-olds who are acting like they might be retired and they're acting very old, and a lot of 71-year-olds who are just full of life in uh, many ways you wouldn't guess their age. Yeah, and age is such a nebulous, you, you know, it really doesn't mean anything anyways, but it comes with so many connotations. Yeah. I'm struck by how much uh, the cohort of the baby boomers, which I'm part of, are really looking to live fully and find possibilities and continue to ask uh, what's next. Or I find it in my neighborhood. I find it in my clients I work with. And I certainly find it I'm heading to Canada tomorrow to do a training with people about this. And uh, it's interesting how much Canada has done and the U.S. has done through Life Reimagine, Encore programs, and so many other great ways to tell people you're going to have a 30-year health premium. So think about how you design your life in the future. Right. Well, and we talk a lot about age discrimination in the careers industry and especially, you know, in in interviewing and job search. And it's interesting to see the statistics that say for women especially, age discrimination starts at like 35. So it's it's an age, age is an issue that I think um, maybe we've gotten a little bit out of control about and it's something that impacts a lot of us in a lot of different ways. Well, you say it so well. I think there's no question there's age discrimination, and that's really terrible. Uh, and I, I've noticed it even in how some people might react to me when I'm with a group of folks who might be a different age and wondering what I have to bring to the table. 
And often it's uh, related to maybe our communication or our style or access to technology. But I find that once um, people get to talk face-to-face, we somehow forget about age and think about more of the skills we deliver to solve problems. Right. And what who you are, um, just like any other ism, <laughs> sexism, racism, ageism, uh, defining people by their age, whether that's young, old, or, or whatever, we get that stereotype in there and, and forget to pay attention to who the person is. Yeah, I think if we all laughed a little bit more, we'd get closer and maybe we'd forget about age. But in the meantime, uh, it is important to be sensitive to age discrimination and try to help people to feel empowered that they can design what's ahead of them tomorrow. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about that. I know today we're going to be talking about the heroic mindset. What is the heroic mindset? Well, there's a really wonderful term called social capital that's been uh, studied quite extensively, and it talks a whole lot about what is behind our ability to move forward and to uh, accept change and be able to move forward with some sense of security. So I've taken this notion of heroic, and it spells out capital H-E-R-O-I-C, and it's really the ability to navigate a lifetime of transitions. And I used to think about career as job, and then I matured a little bit with help from people like you. And now I think about career as really this notion of how do I live my life roles and navigate constant change throughout my lifestyle. So heroic really means if I can have a heroic mindset, there's a better chance I'll navigate that. So the capital H stands for hope. And hope really is a thinking process. It's a process to kind of pursue goals and and be able to think through the the notion of do I have the resources and do I have the energy and self-efficacy to move forward. So hope is really a thinking process. When I talk about the E, it's really self-efficacy, and self is kind of small letter S, but capital letter E for efficacy, which is the ability of believing I can, that I trust my ability to organize and execute the goals that I have. Do I really believe I can? Some people call that confidence. The R is this notion of resilience. And I think people with resilience have to constantly reframe what they're experiencing to navigate kind of stress and construct meaning about what they're going through. So for me, and I think you, when we work with anyone, if we can get them to reframe what's going on, it gives them choices, and that allows them to construct better meaning, which gives them resilience. So that's the H-E-R. And the O is really optimism. And I don't think optimism should be seen as flighty or fluffy. It's really the person's ability to see the upsides, to see solutions. When things have gone wrong, can they see any upsides or possible solutions as a result of that? And that hero is really made up of what uh, people call psychological capital. But to that, I've kind of added two other terms, and that is the I, which is intentional exploration. And intentional exploration is really watching for clues, looking at the environment, being aware of what's going around with you. Exploration is what we always talk about, but it's not very efficient. So when I'm intentionally exploring and watching for clues, I think good things can happen. Be intentional about our exploration. It's similar when we went off to college, we were just told to explore. But those folks who had clarity about what their aptitudes and interests and values were seemed to be more intentional about how they went about exploring. And the last is the C for clarification and curiosity. I think the more I clear my intentions in life, the more clarity I have about who I am and what I'm about, and then also my ability to ask why, to be open and curious about what's next, that clarification and curiosity, I think, really helps me live in a different way. 
So heroic really covers hope, efficacy, resilience, optimism, intentional exploration, and clarification and curiosity. And if I can live that way every day, I think I seem to be healthier, happier, and probably more authentic and uh, living a more fulfilled life. So I talk about heroic mindset as much as I do anything anymore. Well, that mindset piece is something that we have a hard time paying attention to in general. So I love that you've created so much richness around what that means. Um, because people always say, oh, you know, it's, it's your mindset about change or your mindset about your work, but they don't give a good idea of what mindset is and how you can change it. So this is very tactical, which I love, and, and yet gives it more depth in terms of how our mindset does matter and how we have the ability to control it. All of these are things we have the ability to control. Well, thank you, Maria. And a lot of that comes from talking to colleagues like colleagues like you and others to refine some of this. And it doesn't I don't want it to be some kind of positive self talk. It's really thinking about strategies that allow us to move forward. It's interesting, I often fly, as do many of us in this field, and once we tell somebody we're involved in career counseling or coaching, they want to talk the rest of the plane trip. And I typically just walk through this heroic on a this heroic notion on a napkin and try to explain people the choices they have around having the mindset to navigate any transitions. And as someone who's had to do that throughout my life, I look back and reflect and say, these really were some of the things that people tried to help me do. Yeah. Well, and when you look at hope, you know, I know hope has been a topic in our industry for a while. And people have said, oh, you know, well, hope is great, but of course you need the strategy to go with it, which is what you've laid out here. Um, But hope is really that belief that there is something and I don't know if you could just say a little bit more about how you've seen sure. that play out in your work. Yeah, well, I'm uh, old enough to have studied under two significant people. Carl Rogers taught me a lot about the conditions that hopefully bring people in, and then I was lucky to study with Albert Ellis, who talked about how cognitions really shape a lot of your feelings. So in some ways, I believe I'm a cognitive kind of thinker and therapist and coach. So hope really isn't just something that's fluffy. It's really me thinking through how do I process? What's the thinking behind me pursuing my goals? Do I have a sense of the way to get it done? Do I really have a sense of self-efficacy, agency? And secondly, do I have resources to get there? And I often tell people, if you don't have the resources and the agency to do it, you really don't have hope. One without the other is really dangerous. And I often say one hand is my sense of agency and my other hand is my sense of resources. And I need both to be able to bring them together to really clap. I've seen lots of people who belong to the country club and have lots of resources, but don't really have a clarity about the kind of agency they need to get it done. And I've seen lots of really talented people who are resource poor. And until they find resources to connect them, it's really difficult to, to have hope. And that's why teaching the two thinking parts of this process is really helpful. Right. And that idea that we need to know where we're going and, and what we want to do and then how to get there and do we have the resources to get there. And if you are talking to people in the, I always, people always ask me, you know, well, what does a job market look like? And I say, well, you know, there's kind of a place where the job market's got tons of applicants and, and people are, 
able to move and there's tons of jobs available and then there's areas where there's a lot of unemployment and what you're talking about here plays out there because those people don't have maybe the resources they need to retrain or the resources they need to be able to move to do the job that they do where it's actually in in demand. Um, And so they, they may have the direction, maybe they know what they do, but they don't know how to how to do it where they are, or they don't know how to change so that they can fit in where they are, and they're kind of stuck. Yeah, that's so helpful, and in the word stuck is a good one. I know I've often felt that way, and I see my friends and clients feel that way, and I'm with you. Even in a difficult market, it seems like to have hope is really requiring us to focus, to look at the habits we have that aren't very constructive and then really clearly differentiate what we have to offer in terms of a value proposition. And when people are looking for work, as you've done so well, they've got to focus. They've got to look at the habits, the change behaviors that reinforce where they want to go with their own goals. And then how do they clearly get get clarity about how they differentiate? Yeah, and that topic in itself is hard for people to think about how they're different that's, I think, another mindset that we're not taught is to even be able to talk about that, especially in, in in other cultures and even in the U.S. where we even are pretty individualistic. You're not supposed to talk how, how you're different or how you're better, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it, and it's so true about the Western culture, uh, and both of us get to travel a fair amount. I think the goal for me is to realize where are my best assets, what, what things come easiest, where do I get into flow, and where do I not pay attention to what time it is. And I just want to get people into that spot in life. And when they're in that spot in life, there's a better chance they're going to do good things for the community. And that, that's really what helps them differentiate. But you're so right. right. Different cultures pay attention to this differently. Well, we are going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to continue talking with Rich Beller about the heroic mindset and give you some more tips on how you can employ that in your transitions so that you can be more happy and successful throughout your career, wherever you might be in, in your career. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Each week, Larry Sternberg joins Dr. Kim Turnage to explore management issues from culture to discipline in Managing to Make a Difference. Join Talent Plus for 60 minutes of dynamic conversation, including real-life management examples helping you manage teams across the globe. This series airs on Voice America, the business channel, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Managing to Make a Difference every Thursday afternoon with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. 
What can we do to prepare for a career-altering interview or presentation, land an important deal, or simply play a great game of golf? These activities depend on preparation and execution, which grouped together we call performance. Uncover the mysteries of our mind and unlock the secrets of great performance by illuminating the mental side of life. When we better understand why we do the things we do and what keeps us from accomplishing our goals, we elevate our success. Listen for The Mental Game of Life with Dr. Christie, Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we're talking with Rich Feller, Professor Emeritus from Colorado State University and a leader in the career industry when it comes to talking about transition and and talking about transition, especially in the later part of our careers. And Rich, you've been sharing with us this idea of the heroic mindset and you call it the best insurance against change and, and maybe what we could call, you know, the best career career stability. So tell us a little bit more and, and maybe just give us a brief recap of the heroic mindset and then maybe how you've seen it come to fruition and, and be helpful for folks in that 50-plus age group. Sure. Well, Marie, again, the notion of heroic is spelling out hope, efficacy, resilience, optimism, intentional exploration, and clarific- clarification and curiosity. They're really kind of strategies to allow me to navigate my lifetime of transitions. And I think it gives people some strategy to really break down their problem to think about how they can have new choices to move forward and change. My experience with anyone going through a later transition is really to impose three questions on them. Are you making choices that are, that are driven by the reason you get up every day? Are you curious? I mean, what keeps you up at night? What are you reading, thinking about, talking about, how you want to spend your time? What are you curious about? And do you have the courage to kind of let go of old habits or old mindsets and to be open to learning? So regardless of where we are in a career change process or regardless of the age we are, I often get people to think about, are they owning their own choices? Are they curious? And what are they curious about? Because that allows them to get into flow and taps internal motivation. And then do they have the courage to kind of let go some of their old identity, kind of looking in the rearview mirror, what they said they are, and think more about what they're becoming? Are they courageous enough to talk about what are they becoming? Are they opening, open to learning? So those are things that I have watched myself try to explore and find that true in uh, many of the people I work with. And there's a lot of folks I'm working with right now that seem to find that useful. Yeah, that's great, thinking about... Where are we headed? And, and you, uh, you know, I love that. I use that all the time. And what are we becoming? And are we thinking about that or just kind of letting it happen because it may not be something we want to become if we're just letting it happen? Yeah, I, most people say, I, I was a. And once I hear I, I was a, I know we've got some work to do. Because when I was a, 
is really an identity of what I think I was and still am up to this moment. And once you tell somebody you're retired or I was a teacher for so many years or I was a this or that, I think people devalue what you are. So I try to get people thinking more about, yeah, that was rich and valuable and we really want to honor our past. But it's probably important to think about what am I becoming? What excites me? What am I doing? Who am I meeting? Where am I going? What am I reading? What am I practicing? The becoming energy is really what people want to talk to us about. And I think that's the notion. Uh, I, I was a is really a dangerous phrase. Yeah. Or, or even, I mean, I'm thinking about, you know, people who are in that age group that are, are unemployed. Um Sometimes they're stuck in the was, and sometimes they're kind of lost in in the is. Or if you're thinking about you know that transition theory, kind of the neutral zone that William Bridges talking is talking about, and they might be trying on several hats of of what they're becoming. And that's such a great um, vernacular to to use. Yeah, I love how you say trying on lots of hats. Isn't that a great way for people to learn to? make personal stretch assignments. Uh, to try on new hats is a great way. I think that's good language. It helps me a lot. So when people are in this age group, Rich, and they're um, trying to figure out maybe even what hats they want to try on, what resources do you recommend for, for them? I know that you've been involved in putting together some very rich resources. Tell us about some of those. Yeah, well, I, I think about it a couple of groups lately I've been working with. <clears throat> I've been working a lot with alumni members, and I'm going to Boston to speak about this week to a large number of colleges, about when you bring alumni back, you're often finding folks who are probably been healthy, successful, maybe have had some loss and thinking about what's next for them. So th- they're a group that we play our game in. Our game is called Who You Are Matters. It's at onelifetools.com. And we put the best we know about how to have people sitting at a table using peer-to-peer support to tell stories and give feedback so that people can identify the possibilities they want to explore. So my big part of my work now is working with alumni groups and letting them play the game Who You Are Matters, where they really work with peer-to-peer support. They get heard around a kind of a campfire metaphor and begin to think about what are the possibilities they find. So that's one piece I find useful. I've also used that in retreats and with HR groups and companies now. We just um, engaged in a very large contract in Singapore with the National University of Singapore. Um, They like the game a whole lot. And those processes are things you and I have been doing for years. We've just now put it into a game format so we can really get to scale with these notions. So that's kind of one group I'm working with. Another client I was thinking about um, is 53 and they're in the health field profession, and they're kind of caught between, you know, do I stay, do I go? And I think we have this technique we call, most people are really pushed because of pain, or they're pulled by possibilities. So when clients are in transition, I think about, well, talk to me about the sense of urgency, to what degree are you being pushed, and what degree are you being pulled? So that's what I often find useful in career changers. And then a third client I'm working with is actually 80 years old, and they've got some physical limitations. And what I find more than anything is it's, please don't let me be invisible. Please don't let me be irrelevant. And please don't let me be isolated. And find a way that I can really anticipate, have anticipation for getting up tomorrow. And what we've been spending a lot of time with is this whole notion of what's their purpose, how do they find meaning, and where do they belong? 
So those are three different kinds of clients. Uh, again, I find beyond uh, 50 groups often like to play some kind of simulation, and we're doing that a lot with games and groups. When I'm dealing with career changers who are in their 50s and above, it's a lot about thinking about are you being pushed or pulled, and we hope we're being pulled by possibilities and not just being pushed by pain. And when I'm working with this one particular person who's 80, it's a whole lot about getting clear on purpose and legacy and their kind of meaning in life so that they don't feel invisible, irrelevant, and isolated. Mm. Yeah, that, and the, we just did some work with the career thought leaders, put out a special report on the 60-plus job changer because those audiences are all so different. You know, someone's, someone in their 50s has different challenges than someone in their 90s, even though sometimes in, in the news they're kind of all grouped together as the boomers, even though the person in their 90s wouldn't be in that age group. And that's one of our challenges as a, as a helping profession and as an individual is to figure out what strategies really work for us based on all of these different categories that we might be lumped into and then our our individual needs. So it's great to hear those individual stories. Yeah, and I, I think some of our best work <clears throat> was done with ARP and many people are aware of LifeReimagined.org. And LifeReimagined.org is a free online service, kind of a digital social network with amazing videos and articles and stories and engaging activities that allow people to make what's called a life map. And Life Reimagined approached a group of us to say, how do we really get people to be engaged in well-being, work, and relationships, knowing that ARP had 40 million members? And like you say, it was difficult to say because of age variance within that group, what would work for everyone. So what I loved about Life Reimagine is we've been able to develop a number of different kind of programs that are self-directed and supported with video online, which allows people to kind of shop around at no cost and find out things that give them support for really asking the question of what's next. So lifereimagine.org is one I highly recommend people to go to as individuals or even sending their clients to. Yes, yes. And tell us a little bit more about the resources people will find there. Yeah, well, if you were to go to lifereimagine.org, you'd find there's a whole uh, section called well-being, like what will energize your life? And it can be from meditation to sleep to, you know, finances to just finding new ways to direct and look at new habits. Second group is really taking a look at love what you do for work. And there's a whole series of videotapes. I've created one on freelancing and being your own boss. And there's uh, many others. Richard Bowles, uh, who was recently passed, was a partner there. Richard Leiter created a bunch of work there. There's a number of programs where you can create opportunities to look at really your life map and what that can mean in addition. And the third category was relationships because we know we have to be connected. We all need that, but a lot of people, I think, 50 plus really are looking for a way not to be isolated. So there's a lot to be done around the whole notion of relationships. And I think in all three categories, you're going to find tools which allow you to kind of do some thinking, play some games, be able to look at some videos, to read some articles specifically tied to those three headings. And they all lead you to, if you'd like to, to create what's called your life map. And your life map is really a a statement of purpose in life and what it is you want to do that are related to your goals, your passions, your impact, and and your values. 
So to me, that's a really underutilized tool that I like to try to tell your listeners to consider because it's really quite remarkable, very dense, and probably the best platform I've ever seen. Wonderful. So, Rich, tell people about how they can follow and and learn more from you or connect with you if they're listening and want to connect more with you. Well, thank you. Well, richfeller.com is my um, business card website anymore because there I try to load some speeches and articles I've written and connections to other great people like yourself uh, that allow you to connect not only as a user perspective but also as a provider. Some of you know the Nodell card sort system. We now distribute that there on the website. We do all the coach training for him. I'm also leading you to something called Youth Science, which is a very large um, project that you're going to hear a lot about in the Zoom. Uh, in the Zoom uh, Youth Science is an aptitude assessment program. We just signed an entire state to make it available to their folks. And uh, I have great interest in taking a look at how in our field we've got to move past this exposure bias and just do more than just pay attention to interest. And I think uh, that can be found, information about that at, at richfeller.com. And then you can follow me with tweeting just at rich underscore feller if that's helpful. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Rich. Um, we appreciate and love listening to you and, and what you have to share. If you're listening to the show, don't go away. We're going to come back and um, kind of unravel some of this for you a little bit further. But for now, we'll say goodbye to Rich, and thank you again for all you do and all you shared here today. Marie, thank you again and all that you do. It's great to be with your colleagues. Have a great day. Thank you. We'll be right back here on The Career Confidant. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. How is your business running? It should be running smoothly with nary a hiccup like a finely tuned machine. But if you're like most businesses, yours may be running nowhere close to that. Listen for Operationally Speaking with your host, Serju Samal. Our program will help you to run your entrepreneurial business easier, better, with less frustration. And by running it well, you're sure to be poised for faster growth. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we were talking with Rich Feller, Dr. Rich Feller from Colorado State University about the heroic mindset, and although he applies it mostly to people in the 50-plus the audience, I think that it is something all of us need to consider when we're looking at our careers, when we're looking at what the next step looks like, or even when we're just thinking about, you know, I'm really happy where I am. How do I make sure that that continues? How do I make sure that I, I continue to be happy where I am and that I am you know, in some way prepared for what might happen next. And the idea of what are you becoming is something we can all think about, that if you are happy and successful where you are, what are you becoming? Because if you're not becoming something, you're probably going to get left behind. The, the whole idea of, of our companies are moving, our companies' needs are, are changing, and even although we may not see it, our own needs and interests and, and careers evolve naturally. And if we're not thinking about what that might look like, what we want it to look like, we may end up in a place that isn't where we want to, to be. So what are what are we becoming? The other idea that Rich talks about, and, and he didn't talk about it today, but the other consideration for us is he calls it our our five best friends. And this isn't necessarily, you know, literally your five best friends, but who is it that you spend your time with? What do you read? What do you, what do you look at? And, and who do you spend your time with both in the, the written word or what you might watch on TV and then who you actually do hang out with and what do they look like? Because his hypothesis, I guess, is that you are becoming those five best friends. So if you are hanging out with people that don't eat well or, you know, don't exercise or are negative all the time, and I think that's partially um, hard for us to get away from now, with, uh, especially in the U.S., some of our, our news outlets no matter what political persuasion you are or what political persuasion the news outlet might be, it's a lot of negativity. And if we're spending a lot of time with that or, you know, watching shows that may have negative connotations or um, or on the positive side, we're reading and, and listening and watching things that are informative and balanced and, and encourage us to, to think critically, then we're going to be building those skills and building that into our our cognitions on a daily basis and really it makes a big impact into who we are becoming. So who are your five best friends? Who do you spend time with, both 
reading, watching TV or whatever you might do for your entertainment, and then who you actually hang out with, and what are they bringing to your life, and who might you want to add to that circle, or what might you want to start reading to encourage yourself in in the direction you want to go, to bring the skill sets to your life that you want to bring, to inform your curiosities, as Rich was saying, so that you can continue to develop those into something that can help you become what you want to become. And who are you becoming? And are we thinking about that? Who we're becoming? Because we are becoming something, whether we're thinking about it or not, whether we're pursuing it or, or not, it's, it's happening. And that's this idea that Rich was talking about in terms of resilience and we may do a whole show on resilience because it could be a whole show all in, all in of itself. But that idea that if we get laid off, what will we do? If we had a huge financial impact, what will we do? Are, are we going to be resilient to that? And this idea of mindset plays a lot into that. Are we able to be resourceful plays into that? What are our resources and Years ago, I remember going on to a, a, a talk show on radio and talking about finances and how people don't have finances to be resilient. They don't have finances to be proactive even because we're not doing that, especially in the American culture right now, to have savings. But then when we would be able to be resilient or to perhaps make a change on our own volition and have the financial wherewithal to do that, we have to have some planning and and forethought and thought about where we're going and who we're becoming to make that happen. Then, of course, the clarification and curiosity piece that Rich was talking about, the C in his heroic, what are we doing to continually clarify what we are good at? And we talked just briefly about differentiation with Rich and topic that we talk about quite a bit on this show, you know, how we're different, how we're unique, how we, how we can add unique value to an organization isn't a, a scary topic. Really, it's about knowing how we tick. What is it that we're looking for? What is it that drives and the idea of flow that Rich was describing? When do we lose track of time? When are we at our best? When do we have that thought of, wow, this is just, this is just so me. This is me at my best. And it, lots of challenge and support, um, when you read about flow, talks about the idea of, of flow being about us and, and what we're good at, but also about when are we challenged, but we also have the resources to be able to meet that challenge going right hand in hand with Rich's idea. And are we looking for those moments and how we can have more of them? Because that is what makes us successful at work is being able to advocate for ourselves for, for more moments where we're in flow. No, no job, no, none of us are, are going to be able to be in flow percent of the time at work. However, if we can know when that is and, and advocate 
consistently for ourselves to be in more of those positions when we know and advocate consistently, it doesn't have to be pushy or, or overdone, then we can have that kind of clarification that Rich was talking about and and also to keep that curiosity piece of what's coming next. And this is where we sometimes fall down because we get so busy doing our job. is important, but we forget to also be thinking about what is that job and what does it look like next? In the business world, we often talk about, you know, working on your business and working in your business. And it's the same for a professional. That time that you spend doing your work is important, but if we're not thinking about the future of that work and the strategy and vision of that work personally, you know, what does work look for us like in the future personally, and am I actually thinking about that? I have to do a little bit of work there, probably not as much as a you know a business owner needs to spend time thinking about where their business is going and process and strategy, but a little bit for each individual who is an employee to spend a little bit of time each week thinking about where they're going. And there are some great resources out there um, to help us do that, one of my colleagues um, put together a, a calendar, a career calendar for you to think about, you know, every month and um, maybe something that I'll find out if we can share with you as an audience. What is it that you're doing each each month or each week to think where your career is going and maybe even just simple things like tracking your successes, tracking those times when you are in flow at work, keeping a tiny journal log, maybe a Word document that you have on your computer that when you think, wow, this was just a really great feeling and I really enjoyed doing this, writing that down and and taking note of it so that you have that to go back at and look out later and probably serve multiple purposes, both to help you think about your accomplishments because those moments may come in a a moment of of accomplishment or or a project completion and to think about what are those things that you want more of in your job so that when you have the opportunity to speak to that, you're armed with that information. So what what are those areas that you're pursuing, what are those curiosities that you have and moving it forward. So we're going to take a short break and when we come back, give a few stories and ideas and thoughts about how this might look, how it might come into practice to have that heroic mindset, regardless of your age or where you're at in your career. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired 
Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Do you realize that the root of your challenges lie within you? It's time to find out more about coaching and how it can help both you and your business. Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves will help you gain a deeper level of self-awareness to find the answers inside yourself. Our guests are business professionals just like you who agree to a coaching session on our radio program. Tune into Coaching for Real live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. If you're looking for an in-depth, thought-provoking discussion about leadership, Tune in to Bernard E. Robinson's The Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. Each program provides an intelligent, conversational experience about leadership from Bernard, his guests, and you. If you're interested in improving the quality of leadership in your organization, listen live every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time for The Leadership Forum on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking about our ageless aging and the idea of the heroic mindset and just wanted to talk a little bit about the concept here and what what this might look like. What does it mean to have curiosity? And we talked a little bit about a couple of weeks ago, someone, you know, who's an art teacher and people always say, oh, you know, what are you doing for your career? Or someone in, in my line of work might say, you know, what are you doing to manage your career? And the first thought or reaction is usually, well, I don't want to go into management, so I'm, you know, I'm fine where I am. Well, that's good. And thinking about what are you becoming, right, if you're not becoming something, then we're kind of stuck in this stagnant place that could be vulnerable and also just isn't, you know, isn't good for our profession. Probably other people see that we're not growing or moving, and and even if we don't want to necessarily move into management, we may be stuck and not considered for the types of projects we'd like to be considered for because we're not growing or, or engaged, maybe. So as an art teacher, what would that look like? What might your curiosities be? Well, it may be a certain type of art that that you're learning more about, deepening a skill in a certain area. For this art teacher, she's a sculptor, so perhaps it's increasing her learning and sculpting, improving her own practice, improving her own you know skills, and doing more intricate pieces. Just growing that piece of her that is curious, and you might say, well, what is that going to do for her job? Well, she's going to be bringing that skill set to her classroom, maybe creating more students who are also great sculptors, 
and and perhaps even building some kind of a notoriety for herself in that arena, whether it's teaching it or the art that she produces herself. She may also have perhaps a an interest in art for businesses and what's going on in that arena and the the current digital media and digital art that's being created for businesses. Maybe that's something that she sees herself doing on the outside of work, right? We talk a lot about a side hustle. So maybe she sees herself doing some of that as a, as a side hustle that would then be something she could do when she's looking more towards retirement or towards moving out of the school system. So what is it that she's becoming? And it it may be a fine artist. It may be a digital, a, a graphic artist. What What is it that she's learning and moving towards? And you might say, well, you know, do you have to be moving towards something? And I think Rich and I would both argue that you are moving towards something, whether you're doing it consciously and uh, intentionally or not. And that was one of Rich's other items and his heroic of course was intentional that eye piece and if we aren't doing it intentionally it's it's probably going to happen to us because things are constantly changing and that that does include us whether we feel like it or not so then that exploration piece maybe you're not sure and maybe this artist wouldn't be sure what she would thinking about becoming so she might be having some conversations with people about what graphic artists are, are doing these days and what type of work they're doing for businesses and is that something she's interested in in dabbling in and moving toward um, this graph, graphic art or this artist is also very interested in fitness so it may be a total tangential thing that she's interested in fitness and getting into the fitness community and and perhaps becoming a yoga instructor, CrossFit instructor, it doesn't necessarily have to be in line with her current vocation. That might be something that, that she's becoming and could be a career option or could just be something that's an avocational interest that is helping her build towards an interest, something that, that fascinates her. And then if the time were right, would that be something that she'd be looking at for a a career option or perhaps being a graphic artist for that type of industry? So opens a lot of opportunities and a lot of doors when we're just thinking about what might I be curious about, what either vocationally or, or avocationally outside of work am I doing to keep myself interested and engaged and, and alive, as Rich would say, at any age. And, we, you know, his point about knowing some seven, 17-year-olds that sound 70, I have known my fair share of those as well, and most of them are stuck in mom and dad's basement because they're not engaged in thinking about what they could be. They're not engaged in that side of it, the agency part of of hope, or perhaps they haven't figured out how to put together the resources, as Rich was talking about, the other side of hope, and you really have to have both to to have hope. It's not a fluffy 
concept here. We're talking about do you have the sense of, yes, I can do this, and, and also do you have the resources to make it happen? And those 20-year-olds, mostly the age group I've worked with, who feel stuck the same way those 60- or 70-year-olds do, they feel invisible because they're too young, they feel invisible because they don't have the experience that they need, don't have the skills that they think they need, and don't understand how they do have the agency to put it together or don't understand how to get the resources to make it happen. So these are things that affect us no matter what age we are, no matter what stage we are in our career, although the ways that they do impact us can come so different depending on where we are at in, in the, our career life cycle. So what are you doing to take control of your career direction or how are you, if you are um, one of our colleagues in the careers industry, I know those are our growing, our growing listener base here, even that for ourselves, what are we doing to take control of our intention, exploration, resilience, clarification or curiosity, and then that mindset, that hope, the efficacy or self-efficacy and optimism, and in different seasons of our career, different seasons of our life, different seasons of our business, it's easy to have those things, easy to have hope, to feel empowered, and to be optimistic, but at other times, when we're challenged, are we able to keep those mindsets? And the way that we do that, and this is, you know, Rich's hypothesis again here, and I think I've seen it to be true as well, is to be intentional, to continue to explore, and to pay attention to where we're in flow, what we're curious about, and what drives us, what moves us forward. Those pieces really build into that resilience and our ability to keep that mindset, even when it's not easy. So the other partner that we've been talking about here on the show for the last couple of weeks um, is the Rodan and Fields brand that I've become affiliated with in the topic of ageless aging. I couldn't let the moment pass, you know, that we're all taking care of ourselves and you're taking care of yourself with your health, your exercise, what you eat, and hopefully also we're taking care of our skin when we think about our brand, what people see when they meet us, are we taking care of of ourselves? And, you know, self-care is such a big part of being happy throughout our life cycle, being happy in our career, and being confident that something that I'm very, uh, very passionate about and have been for a while, what are we doing to take care of ourselves so that we can have this mindset and have this resilience both mentally and physically, and hopefully when we're 90, we can be we can be talking to Rich Feller about what we're doing in our careers. So thank you for listening to The Career Confidant, and we'll be back again next week with another great topic to help you moving forward in your career. And if you are in need of resources, Rich shared some great ones today with Life Reimagined. And also, you can always go to careerthoughtleaders.com. There's resources there for you as a career professional or as a working professional and connect with 
what resources are available to move you forward in your career. So we'll see you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.